0: And we are here. All right, bet. So revisiting our requal discussion, I think there is a good reason for why that exists now after I saw some recent news. Oh, what what, what news is that? So you like Winnie the Pooh, right?
1: Oh, no.
0: Well, they are doing Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey, ruining our childhood. No. (laughs) Yup. So Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are both going to be serial killers now because uh, the original novel is now in public domain. And since they didn't make any uh, sequels recently, it's free for anybody to act up with it. So so so
1: so now instead of uh, we having our boy Winnie, you know, teaching us about friendship and and honey and what and the importance of of having honey and everything. We we what, what's what's going to happen. We go we gonna have them out here just just merking folk. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be disgusting what, what about piglet like what piglet gonna do we we know he he had never had no smoke in him in his entire life what only in piglet's big adventure he did <laughs> again he had no smoke his entire life and we and he about to have it now now what what, no. what tigger gonna do huh where eeyore at what eeyore gonna do i can't even imagine
0: eeyore doing anything
1: <laughs> he's gonna be depressed he's gonna be so depressed that he he gonna commit he gonna have others commit suicide for him because that's how depressed they gonna get.
0: Yeah, oh. that's gonna be garbage. <laughs> I'm tempted for that to like be an episode, but then at the same time I kind of don't want to watch it. <laughs> so
1: unfortunately, I I have to watch it now. I, <laughs> thank you, because now now my curiosity is not only peaked, it it's about as uh it's about as peaked as my voice right now.
0: Oh man, that's gonna be one of my favorite episodes of the pot. But uh, just as we mentioned it, so I'm Demetrius, and I'm Demetrius, and Meech and Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. So one of the Meeches is currently not out of commission, but he's uh, definitely working with a handicap right now. So we're gonna we're pulling through. We're doing it for you, the listeners. We love y'all. We're gonna we're gonna push through. But today we're gonna start our descent into villainy
1: listen and as i said the the descendant of villainy is is what's gonna keep me going because like many villains uh on this list i'm fueled by nothing but revenge and not even death itself can stop me
0: yeah so we're gonna push through um we're gonna get into (laughs) just different archetypes of villains uh also villain tropes and then get into just the psyche of a villain for our deep dive and we also have a couple of cool segments that i'm uh, roaring to get to but before we kick it off we always start with the legal spiegel
1: all right so the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media our respective sources we reference are owned by the respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own it do not reflect any biases or corporate agendas your discretion is
0: advised
1: You peasants.
0: (laughs) So um, for our What's Hot segment, we're about to see what the pulse of the people is, what's going on, what's really good right now. So what's hot for me, there have been a lot of anime trailers going on recently. Uh, Bungo Stray Dogs season four is coming out. I'm hyped for Chainsaw Man finally got Mm. um, its release in October. We're not going out in October my hero academia got another one uh released for a trailer i think it's in the same time span but essentially Mm -hmm. from october to april it's going to be peak anime so that's going to be really dope but seeking a peak anime something else that is really good that's been out for a while that i'm giving it some time to go through its season before i actually like binge it is summertime rendering I heard this is one of the best animes to come out in a long time, like better than ReZero, but like in that same style of, yes, better than ReZero, but in that same style. So it's a 24 episode run. I don't know anything about it, except just like a little bit of like, uh, not really reincarnation, but how ReZero works. So it's on episode 15. I'm gonna give it a chance. A lot of reactors really love it. Something else, Pray on Hulu. I watched that Friday.
1: So good. Don't don't say nothing, cause I'm gonna watch it today.
0: All right, zipping my lips. So good. Um, Sandman, Bullet Train, and then I have something else that I want to get to, but I want to let you uh say what what else is hot for you. All right, so
1: another thing that's hot is uh, of course the North American release of Dragon Ball Super Superhero is dropping next week in in the theaters. Uh, we're about to see the redemption of your boy Gohan and his dad Piccolo. so we 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 so we dragon Ball fans, we're gonna be eating it once again. um, I'm just waiting to see uh what they're gonna do with my man's broly uh cause he a real one. he he out here. uh, of course, one piece is wilding out. uh, like the last episodes like I was like their animation kind of just went went out of control, went extra crispy. <laughs> But now, uh after that, they're actually about to get into the new one piece red movie that's mm-hmm. going to be released all about uh the red haired haired one man, one armed man himself, Shanks. Mm-hmm. So get hyped about that. Uh I, I have no idea what that movie's gonna entail, but uh, I'm I'm hyped for it.
0: Yeah. That's that's really dope. Um, so the one thing that I do want to get to for the What's Hot, it's like probably the biggest news so far just in the world of nerddom. <sighs> Take a deep breath. So DC is fumbling the bag. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly I have what you see. No other way to put this. So if you haven't heard, so, well, I know that they're going through like a merger. They got bought out by like Discovery or something like that. But essentially... Batgirl, which was originally intended to be released on HBO Max, got canceled. They were almost done with the project. $90 million. It's just a tax write-off at this point. Yep, it was already filmed. So my appeal to DC, just just figure it out. I know, like they said, they have a 10-year plan that they want to be like Marvel. Stop doing that. Get a plan. Get an idea. Decide who you want to be which character and then go with it. Like you have like four different Batmans right now. You don't know who Superman is. Sometimes it's Henry Cavill. Um, Other times we don't know if we want a black Superman. We don't know if we want a different Superman. Uh, Just like different stuff. The Flash movie is just like, I have no idea how I'm gonna feel about going into the theater watching that. It's just like, man, the disrespect that was shown to so many people that worked on the Batgirl project, you have to feel for them because that's a lot of time and effort that they just put into that and for them to have it canceled, like pulled the rug out from under them is like so disrespectful and just like Bush league. And the thing about DC is like DC should be able to rival Marvel because they have better villains to pull from. And that's just like a consistent thing. And then their top heroes rival Marvel's top heroes. It's not like in terms of deepness, but You know it should be up there like batman superman wonder woman flash aquaman now that you have jason momoa like those four
1: should be able to carry dc yeah i was gonna say uh well firstly of course they also like announced the with joker 2 having lady gaga being harley Quinn. i'm like okay that that one might be interesting but i heard it's gonna be a musical so i'm like Mm, yeah, you, you lose me. You lose me a bit here, yeah. but but yeah. So like, what you said about like, yeah, DC fumb- fumbling whole the whole bag is it's not even okay anymore. So with that, I'm just like, bruh, how? Because like, I know like, okay, I'm not as much of a DC fan as I am Marvel or Image nowadays. Uh, but I'd say like DC is actually number three now. But uh. But like in terms of like comic content i'm like yeah again as you said like they really should be uh they really should have been ahead they should have been like the the main competitor like Absolutely. stuff to where like we fans like we would actually legit be split on which movie would be better that would be the type of universe i would love to have been in but unfortunately we're not so so like here we are uh also uh, because we're in this universe now, uh, I'm just saying that I'm actually kind of glad they're, they're, they're fumbling right now because, uh, I do not want to see what would happen if they ever tried to adapt my boy, Jason Todd or oh Red Hood. Boy. Cause if they disrespected him, you would have seen me go rogue. I, I would not have been okay. Things people would, there have been riots on the streets, shots Gee. in the air.
0: But for me, I think that's what the direction they should go is like they should focus on a Nightwing. They should focus on, I mean, they have Gotham Knights coming out, which is probably going to be a banger of a game. They should like go with a live action static shock and have those characters carry it, their DC into the future, kind of like um, a younger Spider Man in a sense. Like they're, they have the Joker movie, one best actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Like Marvel hasn't done that. And then they've also, like, have really great movies. Like, The Batman is a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Like, top-tier movie. It's way too long, but I digress. And just, like, they should be able to, like, stand stand next to Marvel, at least. That's kind of just, like, how I feel about it. But I hope they pick a direction and they just, like, rock with it because they have a lot of potential to, like, carry films for, like, the next decade if they just have the direction for it. Yep. In my... And I have two things. last thing to say. Firstly,
1: uh, I heard that the Gotham Knights TV show got cancelled, so I'm like, first, I'm just like thank the lord, because that show was going to look like utter trash.
0: I <laughs> but, haven't seen anything about it, so yeah. So, maybe.
1: Yeah, so essentially, I mean, it's irrelevant now, but it's like, Batman is dead, and it follows his son, who's not Damien, he just has another son and it's gonna be like a C, of course, a CW drama oh. where him and just a group of other people are pretty much being framed/slash investigated for the murder of Batman/slash Bruce Wayne. Okay. And one of them happens to be Joker's daughter. So. Hey, oh my gosh. And you're just like, Ugh.
0: oh my gosh. <laughs> what was the other point?
1: Oh yeah, and another one was like a Robin. And you're just like no no kill that, kill that, and they did.
0: If it was on HBO Max, because I think the <laughs> Man and Lewis is really good. Um, but yeah, oh, just no. just just let the verse die. But moving on to the happier topics, we're gonna get into the freak out geek out segment of the week. Ooh. So this is something that I wanted to do like in one of our earlier podcasts, uh, but just like Time constraints are just like different things that popped up during the week that made me want to discuss something else. But I'm going to talk about the best fight in anime of 2022. Something that was so peak, that was so epic, that introduced us to two villains that changed everything, that broke the internet again. Talking about Demon Slayer. Never give up. Upper Moon Six, Daki and Gatoro versus Tengen Udui. And our boys, this is one of the, no, not one. Well, yeah, it is one of the greatest fights I have ever seen in anime. Just like building off the episode that even happened before it. So like Demon Slayer is a very simple plot, so it's hard to spoil it. But just the animation was absolutely incredible. And like like I said, building off the devastation of the week before that happened, literally when that fight took off, it just kept getting more and more hype. So it's like, first there was Tanjiro and he was fighting and then he made his comeback. And when he thought he cut off the head, just like randomly, it was like, wait a minute, what? And it just kept building. And then uh, Zenetsu, he hit that god speed and I jumped out of my seat for like the rest of the fight. And then once Uzui popped back up in the fight and just the explosions and the sounds were happening, I'm talking about, this is like, I was stunned watching this fight. Like, jumping out of my seat yelling in my house like i have not seen anything that peak and i heard it's not even the going to be the best fight in the show if you read the manga so i'm i'm just excited for oh yeah and that's getting another season in either the fall or the winter so when that next season hit i'm 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 here for it
1: bruh you 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 mentioned just peak you just mentioned just peak fighting fighting this year uh i but but we, but we not gonna uh, skirt over how Nezuko went on full demon timing. She laced up her black forces. I'm
0: sorry, stomped out Doki, put a hole in her chest, <laughs> put her on a t shirt, and and decided to keep going. Oh my gosh, like. You know, what's crazy about it, too, is like how it's so rewarding about the season. I know they combined it with the movie, so it's kind of weird to say where you start season two at. But they started the season like huddled together crying over the loss of our boy, the uh, Flame Hashira, Rengoku. But they ended the season huddled together crying because they did it, that they defeated at Upper Moon Six. And when he had the blade in his jaw. And he still cut the head off and it showed that image of all three of them yelling together as they were like cutting the heads off. Peak, peak anime. That's all I have to say. That those are some of the best villains so far that I've seen.
1: I I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like this it was it was just greatness.
0: <laughs> that's all you can
1: say. That's all you that's all that needs to be said. If you haven't seen it, then what is you doing? Yeah. Finish watching this episode, then go watch it.
0: Yeah. And for that, basically all of the entertainment district park is the fight scene. I believe it's eight to 10 episodes. So maybe you can skip the first two or three. And there's just like a fight from there. And there's so many just fights, like even Tanjiro versus Daki. That first fight was like, oh, this is how high it's going to get. And then they come back with the second fight, which was absolutely incredible. So definitely just go watch Demon Slayer. It's uh, Is it on Crunchyroll? I know it's on Hulu. That's where I watched it, but. Yes, it is on Crunchyroll. Okay, so either Crunchyroll or who will just go and watch that season two. But going from there, now we really start to we wanted to as next week, we're going to have our anime villain draft. So with that and also last week, we had our Venom character study who started off as a villain transition to an anti-hero transition to a hero. So we're just going from there. We wanted to really for August get into our villain bag with that we're gonna start with just a villain overview. So with that, we're gonna talk about the different objectives and archetypes of villains. So first one we have is our world destroyer, if you kinda even wanna get into that.
1: All right, so the world destroyers are essentially what it says on the tin. These are typically your villains that be like, hey, I'm gonna destroy the world and there's nothing that you can do. These are your villains that be like, okay, nothing matters so I'm just going to kill everything. And they don't have... And when it comes to world destroyers, it doesn't have to just mean planetary, right? It can be galactic, it could be uh, universal, but it can also be destroy your world, as in your personal world. I.e., this villain is really... has so uh, so much pettiness and hatred against you individually, that... They will make sure that your entire life gets destroyed, which is your world. Count
0: count of Monte Cristo.
1: Count of Monte Cristo. I was talking about reverse flash.
0: (laughs) Boy, petty.
1: Like, do do we not? It was it was me, Barry.
0: I can't can't say the quote. I forgot what it was. It was like he went back in time when he was with his girlfriend. (laughs)
1: we're not gonna talk about it but uh all i gotta say is it was me barry
0: what was wrong with the reverse flash
1: again pettiness pettiness is the ultimate villain motivation but we're gonna get into that later but uh yeah
0: going from there we have our conquerors (coughs) respect slash fear me and there can only be one so for this you can kind of think of a highlander type or just like a conqueror as i said in general where this character he wants to rule he wants people to either fear him, mostly, kind of like a, well, or love him like a Homelander, but he doesn't care if people actually fears him. Um, also, just like there can only be the top one. So we also saw that in our discussion of the boys with e, the soldier boy and Homelander. Or just I remember, I believe it was a Jet Li movie called The One. And it was like alternate versions of himself. And one of them was chasing and killing off the alternate versions of himself because that way he became stronger, which is that was a really cool movie. <laughs> but that's kind of like the next villain archetype objective. Mm hmm.
1: And next is chaos for the sake of chaos. Uh, you know this one so well, because arguably one of the biggest villains of all time is basically this. So yep. so essentially what that means is that they just do whatever they want. All they want to do. It's just so as much discord, so as much dissension, much let's say chaos, negativity, just just pretty much whatever society brings or whatever's like deemed acceptable, they want to uproot it and then just uh see what type of havoc uh is coming through from there. Mm-hmm.
0: But also just with that we have your guy, Carnage, who is of the same ilk. <laughs> I,
1: I- Mm, again as i said i i wasn't gonna get into him but uh now that you brought him up and the fact that i'm wearing red right now that 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 should let you know i mean carnage is literally that he's nihilism to the fullest and that's essentially what
0: chaos is i got you so for the next one business this is probably the one that within the course of a movie i hate the most because it's so selfish but it's probably the closest to reality where it's like they either want to get rich or a monopoly. So a few one, one that's really popular, it's kind of tough with just like the situation of the world now, but to mention, but there's a there's usually one where it's like, oh, we're going to create this disease. And then we're going to be the ones with the cure. And since we're the only ones with the cure, people are going to want to pay for us, pay for it, and we get rich that way. Like that's one of the most popular. pissing the ones I saw, I know also Ant-Man, the very first villain, oh yeah yellow jacket yellow jacket i was about to call him like stingray i was like (laughs) but yeah yellow jacket his whole motivation was business money so that and then also kingpin he can also be kind of viewed as a conqueror but also business but i actually really love the depiction of kingpin through like the netflix series and then i thought he died in echo but you know not echo uh no in, uh, hawkeye but apparently not <laughs> oh no 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 we oh no nah, you ain't gonna take out wilson fist that 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 dirty nah yep. he's too big for that you know the you know the rule if they don't die on screen mm-hmm. i gotta dead. see a body gotta see a body and for the next one another one that's really close to reality is the revolutionary so this one is he wants to essentially th- throw down the system tear it down from these inside out get people it's usually fighting against a business or against a bigger power in a sense sometimes that can be viewed as a good guy sometimes that can be viewed as a villain i just finished playing cyberpunk 2077 and then mm. essentially like one of the motivations was a revolutionary but you played it from the perspective of that guy so that's like another big one if you could you think of another different objective
1: i mean i mean really do you you really got, like, most of it is like, you're either killing the world, you're doing it for the sake of whatever. I was gonna also say, another archetype is the the vengeful one. Mm, Yes. So, essentially like, what that is, is that uh, it kind of ties into, like, what I mentioned with the personal world destroyer, but what that generally means is that this villain is, typically he's more or less only a villain to one specific person or group because of the fact that they got wronged in some type of way or they may see some type of slight or whatever motivational reason and they just do whatever they can to to either kill or screw that person or group over as much as possible and sometimes like uh sometimes like when you're doing like crossovers and whatnot like these this villain like they would sometimes they would ally themselves with other villains only to serve the goal of of screwing their personal villain over yeah. sure like most sure you could say like most other like personal villains they fall under the vengeful one category but there is a sp- Special place for <laughs> the vengeful one, and you know this one, and you know where I'm going with this. Venom counts at counted as the vengeful one. Absolutely, yeah. He wanted one thing, and that was eat Spider-Man's brains.
0: Yeah, when you said vengeful, I was kind of thinking like, yeah, that's in the revolutionary. But then when you got into specific of it, I was like, yes, yes, definitely. Like even like how you say groups and crossovers, Sinister Six sole purpose is to defeat spider-man <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it's like they'll do whatever it takes but uh and that's why they are actually great because like you really don't see them fight like other people because like and sometimes you may even see them team up with other heroes because like they have no beef with the uh, right with those people they just have beef with this guy
0: i actually heard there's a storyline it's the sinister six against the savage six i believe where it's a new um comic story that's just like getting written right now so i'm hyped for that
1: oh boy oh yeah that that one's about to get nuts Um.
0: (laughs) so i'm gonna start it soon but going from there now that we have the archetypes we start to get into the tropes so kind of what the villain starts as and then what he turns into so the first one that i've seen that people actually really really hate i'm kind of like I don't really care either way, but the ignored nerd. So this is kind of the character that you see at the beginning of the movie. You think Amazing Spider-Man 2, Jamie Foxx character or Wonder Woman 1986. Or it's a 86, right? Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman 86 where it's just like, you see the nerd at the beginning, they have the glasses, they look quote unquote ugly. They're carrying like a folder full of notes and papers and stumbling, fumbling. They don't know how to speak correctly. They can't look at people. Um, they go to like their big boss for to get something passed through essentially, or to like how most scientists get ignored by people these days. But then they get ignored. Uh, tossed aside, get fired sometimes in some cases, and then an accident happens and they end up being a supervillain. And then all of a sudden they don't wear glasses anymore. Their hair is all together. They wear fancy suits. They look rich, well to do. And then all of a sudden they're just like, I'm a villain now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh actually I can think of another example from uh Batman Returns, you know, with mm. with how they yes. originally portrayed Catwoman. Or the reviled uh, Batman and Robin with Poison Ivy.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, it's, no, and that's Batman Forever. I was thinking about the Riddler.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, that counts too. Mm-hmm. Oh dang! All wait, why is it that all of them were were ignored, nerds? Wait, what, what, what was that? What was that verse doing? The um, true villains. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but yeah, moving on. Our next one is the casualty of the casualty of war now this is the motivation where where there's the characters right they've pretty much gone out to war you know fought uh they've done like basically terrible things or they have or like they're part of a war and they're maybe like somebody they cared about died like either a lover or brother or anything like that or maybe it's just like ptsd or shell shock or anything like that where war just breaks you and they just go like okay they they pretty much become the warmonger or war criminal essentially yeah
0: boy i wish we could talk about attack on titan spoilers but i'm gonna save it until next year but um just see casualty of war this is where i think of the revolutionary and this one is also another uh case of just like a real life situ- situations that we see sometimes and when we get into the psyche of a villain definitely gonna touch on this but casualty of war like you said even just being able to okay you we're living this way if you even want to think of a wanda and yeah, as mm-hmm. the scarlet witch where you know you're living your life all of a sudden war happens you lose everyone you love next thing you know you're a villain so that's definitely a big one that we see a lot and just villain stories, the next one, we're going to go into the Jilted Lover. So this is a very common one where it's just like, oh, I was in love with someone. They broke up with me. They ended up falling for the hero. Now I'm going to be a villain and essentially ruin the hero's life. Kind of like you said, the vengeance plot.
1: Mm, 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 mm. And man, is love a powerful motivator. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't know from personal experience, but uh man rejected love kinda hurts. But uh we're just gonna move on past that part. But uh but yeah, that's like yeah, so, like that's a powerful motivator because as you say, like they guilt jilted lovers go straight to the vengeful ones.
0: Oh Easy. yes. Easy. Yeah, and this is they kinda also get really creepy, the jilted lover, especially in anime. <laughs> but we're just gonna leave it like that. But uh-huh. and then another one, it's a trope but it's towards the end of movies that we sometimes see but yours that you really hate that you mentioned in our ladies night episode redemption equals death oh <laughs> uh, okay all right
1: now you're about to see Meech rambles with with this voice i uh, i don't care anymore push past right. your limits all right it's time to go beyond plus ultra Okay, hey, so redemption equals death uh if you guys haven't listened to that episode before and when i ranted about it then you about to hear it now so that's basically when okay you're dealing with a villain they've done all these heinous acts and these heinous activities they they pretty much uh run the hero's pockets like throughout the entire story and whatnot T-shirt. but uh and they putting people on t-shirts they 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 putting them six feet under so you think like they're irredeemable. You're thinking that, oh, there's no way in the world that they could live that they they would turn the side of good, but oh, oh, there's a hope spot, like okay, they can like, oh yeah, they they can be redeemed, but how are we gonna reconcile all of these uh past this blood on their ledger, taking a quote from Black Widow, mm-hmm. all this blood on their ledger, so best way to do it is that they they die. They essentially die in a doing one act of good. Mm-hmm. That essentially, that in terms of the story may redeem them in the eyes of everybody. And then there's, but then there's people like me that go, dang, how this works, pal. <laughs> like, You may do like one act of good, but everybody's going to remember all the heinous things you've done. There ain't no way around it. And also, if they are a good villain, story wise, why not keep them alive and have? And it's also interesting to see them face the consequences of their actions. Yep. I'm just like, ah.
0: Now that I think about it, I when I uh, wrote this down and then when he mentioned it, I had to think about one of our GOAT directors. And Sam Raimi has done that in every hero movie he's done. Mm hmm. I had to think about it he did it in everyone so Green Goblin that's one yeah, he, Dr Octopus yeah that was that was amazing. I mean they both died and I mean both of them were kind of under control of other things but at the same time they died then in um number three Green Goblin again where Harry died oh yeah and then when we have Multiverse of Madness Wanda dies for <laughs> so- now this version of Wanda dies most likely so yes that's definitely one that you really put where it's like it kind of wipes the slate clean it's like oh they they were good in the end all right so now for me I'm about to get it well for us we're about to get into some of our favorite villains of all time so for this list it just isn't comics or like movies for me it's also tv shows and gaming that I'll get into but I have my list here so Some of my favorite villains, obviously Joker, Carnage, we got that, you know, top tier. Doc Ock also, but one of my top villains, Dr. Evil, and (laughs) one million dollars. I love Dr. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Mini-Me, oh my gosh, legend. Um, Also, Megatron, Goat. Mm. Uh, one of the best villains that he gets slept on well actually he doesn't get slept on but megatron is an incredible villain another one mojo jojo boy my guy from powerpuff girls mojo jojo was spitting i remember that that movie he had where it's like he essentially was taking over the entire town townsville Mm -hmm. mojo jojo and then he has like such a great backstory too (laughs) <laughs> and, like, his fit, he has, like, the nice drip and everything, and then just for another one of my favorite villains is Eggman, specifically <laughs> the Jim Carrey portrayal in the Sonic movies. That, he he was definitely energized for that, so I definitely respect that, but, yeah, how about you?
1: Oh, uh, man, of, of course, as I mentioned, uh, yeah, as you said, get Joker and Carnage and Doc Ock out of here. We already know him. We already love him. I already sing their praise of him. Uh, for me, a, a lot of my favorite villains, right? Uh, of course, I'm 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 not just I'm actually let's throw Darth Vader out of there because uh, he, he 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 too goaded. I, I, I already <laughs> sung enough praise level and Null, God of symbiotes as well. Throwing him out. All right. Here's where I get into my horror movie bag.
0: Yes. Sir.
1: So here we go. Jason Voorhees, yep. Michael Myers, mm. Freddy Krueger, Man. the xenomorph predator oh do I need
0: to keep going oh yes does does my guy Chucky make the list of course Chucky makes a list let's go of course he makes a list Ghostface makes a list well specifically
1: uh the specifically from the first movie uh with Billy and Stu Mm -hmm. of course they gotta make the list oh oh do you want me to keep going let's get Anton Shagur from No Country from Old Men
0: ooh flip a coin
1: (laughs) call it call it I'm like oh oh, no no that man's a menace uh Hannibal Lecter sir Uh, yes we get Norman Bates out here fam Mm. like come on come on wait who wait uh who's that from oh Jack Torrance from The Shining oh we eating right now of course we eating our bag oh let's get The Thing from Mm. The Thing (laughs) Man, man stop playing with me
0: Oh, you better get the T1000 from Terminator up out of here, son. Get all of that Okay, Titanator. wait, 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 wait. The Terminator is an auto one because he flips.
1: No, no, I said the T1000 from Terminator okay, 2. Okay. You got, it, you got. It, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I I know what I'm be talking about.
0: <laughs> you, nice. you know,
1: don't, don't don't be messing with me. Uh but but uh that's that's for my for my movie bag, but we get into the anime bag now. We get we get into the to the goku blacks we getting into oh. the to the madera
0: oh i mm.
1: get to pain pain this world shall know
0: it this world will know pain sir come on now Damn. wait what about that one piece bag i know you got some
1: hey hold up hold up. I, I need to take a sip of water for this part.
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't even get that far i love it i kind of come run these pockets Oh, Do
1: Flamingo! Flamingo is a menace to society. Yujiro Hama from Baki, a demon in of himself, man. Man, I don't even you know what. Let's let's get one more on this list, and and I'm gonna close it out. The Violator from Spawn.
0: Ooh, that's
1: a good one.
0: I'm not mad at that list. I'm not mad at that oh, list no. at all. And the worst part is, I can keep going for ages. I can talk about all my favorite villains till the day I die. Yeah, I had to like cut myself off when I was making it, but now we get into the ones we despise. So I kept it kind of short, but this is almost mostly video games. So Demon of Hatred from Sekiro. I hate this monster so much. He was the only boss that I couldn't defeat with honor. I had to cheese him, and run up on like the top of like a building and get him to chase me so he could fall off the cliff and die. I cannot beat him on the game story. I cannot beat him on the one-on-one run. <laughs> he is a menace. The people from From Software whenever we talk about video games, mm-hmm. that'll probably be season two. Oh boy, I can't wait for that discussion because I have a whole Sekiro <laughs> topic to discuss. Next, General Shepard from Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 4 2. The absolute traitor. One of the biggest betrayals in video game history that I never saw coming. And he killed Ghost, who we played as, and took out everybody else. I absolutely despise him. And I love that we got to get him with the, uh, the throwing knife at the end of the game. Another one, Shao Kahn. I absolutely despise you for Mortal Kombat. Mostly uh, it was from one of them where we had to play with uh Lou king i was playing it with like uh, one of my roommates from college and we just had to keep doing the bicycle kick over and over so the dude wouldn't attack he was a menace to try to defeat and final one bowser you're just a (laughs) troll and i hate it in every mario game you just do something that pisses me off and i hate it but bowser who's also a top villain but
1: yeah go ahead all right and then for me these are villains who like I may despise them but I despise them because of how good of a villain they are like they are so good at their job I actually hate them like if I were to run up on them in real life firstly I would probably die but uh don't don't mess with me if I if I got my symbiote on me but uh but uh we're gonna start off start off very small I'm gonna start off with the the racist himself Frieza we, we, we got to start off with with Frieza I mean out here calling my people's monkeys um, I mean I, ha, I I gotta run the fade with you you know
0: so many people don't know why he calls them monkeys when they listen to this
1: <laughs> oh if you don't know Frieza from Dragon Ball Z then uh then you're too young for this show then I'm gonna need y'all to to leave immediately and go get your life uh
0: he has uh, a tail.
1: That Again, yeah, he has a tail. Well, he's more reptile than he is, uh... Yeah. Than, than monkey. Uh, Okay, okay, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Uh, I absolutely despise Zeus from the God of War series. Mm. I mean, he ain't too far off from how he is in actual Greek mythology, which is... Which is saying something, so, uh... I, I guess I hate Zeus in all mythology so uh let's let's just throw all, all of Zeus in there uh God of War we're gonna throw him in from uh what was it smite and we're gonna get him in from the actual mythology and in Marvel uh mm-hmm. yeah I despise you Zeus uh let's see who else uh was the one that okay who's the one that actually ended up killing oh yeah green green goblin mm-hmm. like I I just well specifically the ultimate comics green goblin because while made 616 goblin, he he a mastermind, he he a villain, he a villain villain. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro, you need. Unfortunately, he he got it together right now. Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> but he, he he on the right path right now. Ultimate, however, is a different story because he he got he got my boy Parker got he yeah. got put on the t shirt. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. nah nah you need to he need to go
0: 100
1: mm-hmm. percent. Right. He, he needed to die also balder from uh god of war four mm-hmm. he, he, he need to go uh let's see who else did i despise who else did i despise
0: there is two that actually i thought of uh that we probably are mutual hey ramsay bolton and joffrey
1: oh Oh, I think about them in a minute. The worst villains. Ooh, I'm, ooh, oh, I'm. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Put put them at the top. Put them at the top. I need them dead immediately. I need them to go straight to uh, straight to the we gulag. No, <laughs> nah, nah we are going straight to the gulag. Oh yeah, Starscream can get get on go on somewhere too. He's but. just a coward. Yep. Yep. But, but that's, that's it. That's it before I end up going down a rabbit hole that I'll never come out of.
0: So speaking of rabbit holes, we're about to get into our deep dive. Like what I did there. I'm professional at this point, but I was going to have us read the legal spiegel again for this part, but I know since your throat is kind of doing it, let's save it. But what we're trying to do at this for our psyche of a villain deep dive is just pose some questions and actually get people into thinking of it. Because some of them might hit home. Um, Just really, what makes a villain? How does someone get driven to that point? Um, Just like different aspects of that. So we're just going to really get into it, ask the tough questions, in a sense, and just discuss it. So now it's time for the deep dive. starting off we're going to get into what makes a good villain and if that's even the right question
1: okay so i think like it's a good question right cuz but there's like so many factors into what makes a good villain i say probably the number one is their contrast with the hero so mm-hmm. like depending on like the character like certain villains may stand out more or some villains may just end up being in the background. Like for example, right? So I say that uh let let me just use Kingpin as an example. Right. Kingpin, he had, like he was a pretty good and a major Spider-Man villain for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when he went but when he became a Daredevil villain, his popularity skyrocketed even higher. Yeah. Which made him even much more of a better villain but going into that there's also like other characters who like if you were to trade them off like they like they probably would not fit as well as a villain for them it's like trying to put like magneto against spider-man for example it's like kind of doesn't work there
0: that makes sense yeah, and just even as you mention it, um, I really love that point of playing off of it. Because if you even think about what made Killmonger so special is that his kind of parallel upbringing with Black Panther and T'Challa, where that gave it life. Where if he was like a villain to Captain America, I feel like it would pull off good work. But like for an Iron Man, maybe not so much. But also, I think what makes a good villain is what makes them effective. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about like okay what did you set out to do and did you get it accomplished so for me baron zemo is a really good villain because what he set out to accomplish he accomplished and because of what he accomplished it set up how the avengers ended up failing in an infinity war so with his plan it was like he does not believe that people should have abilities and powers so there should be no super soldiers and we see in civil war how he sets it up and maneuvers the avengers against themselves and he ultimately ends up winning and then as we see him in captain america well the falcon and the winter soldier he gets rid of like super soldiers so he like succeeded and then even with thanos like he accomplished his goal so that made him an effective villain but i think they're also memorable is what makes a good villain
1: Yes, yes, going. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention that as well. It's just like when it comes to good villains, it's just like, can they stand out on their own? Do they uh, like how memorable? Yeah, you said like how memorable are there? Because you can have I mean, of course, there are tier lists of villains. You can have like S tier, Z tier villains, and then you have right. the D listers. It's like what makes the D listers like the kangaroo a D lister? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a deep cut. If anybody recognized that one, uh, then and congratulations, you get a cookie. But uh, what makes them dealers is that like a derivative, b, are they like cool or lame? Yeah. And c, motivations. Like you ain't gonna have kangaroo against like the joker. Like there ain't no way in this universe that those two would ever be comparable to one another in terms of popularity
0: right i feel also like threat has to play into it as well where it's like even with the joker he has no powers whatsoever so like he he should always get body theoretically in every storyline but he's always like somehow steps ahead or like effective in like taking out kind of like so he feels like a real threat it's like oh the joker oh gosh, gosh. compared to everything which is what i really love about a lot of batman villains
1: Hmm. Now let's get on to like the next question we have, which is, does a villain need a sob
0: story? For me, I'm going to say no, because we're going to kind of touch on it a little bit later with our very next question. But a lot of the times in anime, we see that, okay, I'm a villain, but kind of like we touched on earlier with our archetypes and tropes where it's like, this is what happened we see a lot of in naruto casualty of war and then it makes them a villain and then they end up going against just like planning to destroy the world like even in fast nine or f9 which the motivation for it was really dumb but it's essentially like he 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 ended up accidentally ending the dude's life like his dad's life and then he's like okay i'm gonna be a super spy like to like in the world and it's like kind of ridiculous that you need to give them a sub story because at the same time i feel like we're supposed to and intended to root against the villain mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and like for me it actually reminds me of this video i saw from uh oh yeah overly sarcastic productions where they did a trope talk on on pure evil mm-hmm. it's where sometimes like like sometimes like okay it's good to have like a villain with a like empathetic like origin story and i'm pretty sure we can talk about it more in the next question but sometimes we just need a villain to be a villain villain yes uh i'm looking at you scar like you are actually one of the most despised villains that I have, and I just remembered you. You didn't think you you got away. But but yeah, sometimes we just need an evil, evil villain like Scar. Wait, or,
0: which
1: Scar? Huh? Lion King Scar? We are talking about Lion King Scar. What I are, there are some people that think Scar was in the right. And I'ma have a discussion with those people later, but cause you ain't gonna kill my boy like that. Oh boy. You ain't or gotta. I decide. Put, you ain't gotta It was a regicide it was a familial side but uh but yeah so sometimes i it's a give and take like sometimes they can have it sometimes you just need evil to be evil there's a balance there's a balance
0: speaking of which thanos in a sense where they gave him his own sob story (laughs) which I, i wonder sometimes about if they changed his initial motivation within the course of the mcu not just like oh we always had him to be a balance but we see in the first marvel's avengers movie at the very end we see one of his followers comes up and says to fight the avengers is to court death and in the comics his sole goal with the infinity stones and wiping out the universe mm-hmm. is to court death like the literal embodiment of death and yeah. He thought if he like gave all those bodies she would fall in love with him and then that's why when like Hella like, got introduced, I was kind of like interested, but I don't think that's the same thing. I'm at it just like confuse that myself. But then we ultimately see he's like, oh, balance. And that made him one of the greatest villains for for the just like in general. Like, I don't think a lot of people are like big, big Thanos fans before the MCU. Oh,
1: yeah. hundred percent. Because uh, as you mentioned, like Thanos's motivations, they went extra sideways with him because uh, they said like he was just kill everything so I can, uh, be with death, and, uh, she can finally, uh, give me that smooch that I was always waiting for, but, uh, but on the other hand, like, hey, MCU Thanos, like, he has great motivations. Sure, like, comics, well, actually, nowadays, like, in the main comics line, they retroactively gave Thanos, like, a much more tragic backstory, whereas originally he was just, listen, I was a deviant from my race, I was and I, and I just want to kill everything. That's Titan. Yep. I was just, I was just boom, bing, bang, done. That's all I needed. And that's all he needed. And it was only after Infinity War where they started giving him that, that nuance.
0: So it just kind of helps with a uh, good, you know, effective villain. Because again, he set out to do what he set out to do. And then we even see like, it wasn't a retcon because it's like time travel, but like in the end game, he, they just made him evil. Like they didn't try to like complicate it. Like he literally was like, oh, I left all of y'all alive. Now I'm just going to rip everything to like the barest atom, and we're just going to start the world over. So yeah. it kind of even tells you like how his real, mo- like a villain, you know, because we're ultimately supposed to root for the hero. So going from there, now we get into do we need to empathize with the villain?
1: ah and now here's the biggest like philosophical question because of the fact that while most of the time right we we are pretty much like designed to kind of root with the hero Mm -hmm. but because you know they're good and the villains typically evil but nowadays and i know like back in the day Uh, like, especially during World War II era, Mm -hmm. that was exactly what the mindset was, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, like nowadays, in fact, I actually saw this on a a video, uh, Linkara's review of Maximum Carnage, where he basically discussed this entire idea. Mm -hmm. So, like, up until basically the 90s, when things started getting darker, because of the, like, things were pretty much, like, clear-cut black and white it's only roughly around like that 90s period where or specifically during vietnam where things started getting muddled and like you people started asking more questions like is this the right thing to do and like are we and like i guess people's eyes started opening up to the fact that like things aren't as black as white they're black and white things can be like in shades of gray it's like Sometimes heroes do things that are pretty suspect and they may do like pretty heinous activities in order to try to win. Or sometimes villains, they may have like good motivations, but they may be going about it in the wrong way and they may just need to be steered back in the right direction.
0: Right. What's kind of like it? ties into your redemption equals death. Like you just need to be steered in the right direction and kind of atone for it. And that's what we touched on last week with our anti-hero discussion, where it's just like how things philosophically shifted. So for me, I don't think we need to empathize with them. But at the same time, how we talked about earlier, with the casualty of war, Mm -hmm. some people get created. That's how like some villains get created. And like not even like fictional villains. Like that's how some real life people it's hard to explain it If you see like someone you love, like get bombed and then you just grow up, you hate, you know, you hate, uh, whoever did that. And it just kind of yeah. drives that revenge, that motivation. And it's like nature versus nurture where some people wouldn't get to that point. But at the same time, going to the fictional side of it, I think it's just that it slightly defeats the purpose because we are supposed to root for the hero ultimately, mm-hmm. but, depending on how you tell the story, it can be effective because Killmonger, who is one of the most popular villains in Marvel, his motivation made so much sense. Yep. Um, and his the fact that he was partially right, it's just his methodology was kind of really bad. It motivated T'Challa to be like, hey, let's take Wakanda and let's actually help people that look like us in the world. And yep. that kind of is what helped with it.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. And... And as you said like when it comes to just yeah i i honestly like don't like empathizing with the villains too much because mm-hmm. it's like hold up am i really like it am are, am i basically going to be glorifying like because sometimes when you root for certain people you kind of want them to like get their way that also means like condoning their methods right and just like uh, and that's where the moral gray area starts coming in and you're just like nah nah don't do it yeah so so really it's like okay like i i can be like okay i can get where you're coming from i can get your motivations
0: and then you lost me at like how you're going about things <laughs> exactly yeah and even i was kind of thinking like uh does a villain need a soft story do we need to empathize with the villain? I think it's really easy for people to understand what an evil act is, but it's really hard to understand what drove a person to evil or Mm -hmm. the concept of an evil person. But at the same time with that, I feel like just because, let's say someone, they kick a dog, right? And they like are abusive to a dog. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are internalizing the abuse they took as a child and turning it onto the dog. Some people are just really like, evil like that that enjoy beating on others or doing bad stuff which is why i think that there has been this push recently to make us empathize but we also because they don't know how to actually tell a story of a villain in a sense yeah honestly one of these
1: days i'm i'm we're really gonna need to see like a a story out there where (laughs) oh no wait actually that story kind of already ex- exists. It's called Death Note. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I was like, one of these days we're gonna have to like see something out there where you just it's like, oh yeah, let's follow everything from the villain's perspective and see how people go react. And I was like, oh wait, hold up, that's Death Note. Never mind, never yeah. mind. P- people root for light to this day. I'm like,
0: why? Well, uh, I feel, I feel like if L would have kept going longer so I don't get into too much spoilers, then I feel like we would have been rooting for L to actually finish rather than how it did end (laughs) if fell off a cliff. But with that, I think that evil for the sake of evil sometimes falls flat and they don't know how to tell that story. So think of like a Ronin from Guardians of the Galaxy Mm -hmm. or even just like the the first Iron Man. I know that was more business, but he was just like evil for the sake of you, it just kind of doesn't make sense, but like people that are like, oh, I'm going to destroy the world for the sake of destroying the world, it doesn't always hit the same.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, look at you, Air Frieza. But uh, <laughs> again, I w- I'll always go after them. But yeah, it's like sometimes they do fall flat, you know, because of the fact that like, they're like so one note. <laughs> but it's like at, at a certain point, again, depends on again, it depends on the story. Right. Like, if it's something like, you know, like a Disney movie, where the characters are one note, mm-hmm. for the most part, like Little Mermaid with Ariel and Ursula, <laughs> or we look at, well, Lion King, that one was nuanced to the nth degree, but uh, mm-hmm. still, Simba, Mufasa, and Scar, Yep. or you look at, what was it, uh... Oh dang. Oh yeah, Aladdin with well R. Aladdin and Jafar. All the like all three of those like villains, they still like stand the test of time as great villains. It's true. But they are technically like one note evil for the sake of evil. It's just the fact that in those movies, like they are that they were charismatic and they they had like an edge of charm to them to make and like personality to where Evil for the sake of evil, kind of like it, like they're still evil to the core. It's right. just that, like, how they are displayed, that's mainly different. That's I think, like, point. yeah. So, like, what you're talking about is like, evil for the sake of evil can sometimes fall flat. It's like, yeah, that's if you're dealing with like some emotionless, just one no villain. And, and like, I can't really think of
0: just what well, you mean, like, uh, the trash tastic for Doctor Doom.
1: <laughs> oh, why'd you bring that? Back? Why'd you bring that back to
0: my memories? Why'd you do that? to it's me It's gonna be wiped in three years. Don't worry about
1: it. Why? why why'd you do that to me? I, you, you, you said like you saw that I had no recollection of like, hey, what's like a a villain that was like even like, a, but no, you you decided to bring him back to to the forefront of my mind. Maybe you are the villain, Demetrius. You are the villain here. <laughs> It's the sentence of like,
0: this is kind of what I'm saying. It's like when I was um, as we get deeper, when I started thinking about this and like thinking about the rundown, I was like, yo, it's so like thin a thin line of just like what is evil and stuff like that. But even just like getting into that, I think that where we've seen so many person like evil villains getting personalities is because the evil for evil falls flat. But I really love what you say about Disney villains and like, yeah, we can think of a Scar. We can think of a Jafar, an Ursula. Even I, I thought of a Captain Hook as you were describing it, where it's like they have someone's personality and you root against them, most people. And it's just like it hits like that. So going from there, it's kind of in line with it. Should the villain be right?
1: Ah, all right. This is one where it was like, "Oh, this is a quote that I have. Villains... Tend to be the heroes of their own story, and they try in their very best to be right. Now, in terms of should the villain be right, I it goes into like the hero's journey, right? So, so for those you don't know the hero's journey, that's kind of like how most, if not all, stories are created. Typically follows like a certain path or whatnot. Uh, but typically in like the role of the villain in the story is to like force the hero into making some type of a change. Mm-hmm. So w- with that being said, the villain may not necessarily should always be right, but it should cause like the main characters to think or to like change like their viewpoint or to make some type of like positive change somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. As as we've mentioned throughout the entire your episode Eric Killmonger is the prime example of a villain who who like his philosophy and like what he's like what he's thinking maybe like has like the right line of thinking right. his methods all the way sideways but it's because of the fact that like he was so adamant about like his message and what he wanted to like get out that it caused the hero T'Challa to actually change his own world view right. And change his own viewpoint to where it to where he literally is at a completely different place than he was at the beginning of the movie.
0: I have a controversial question, but is Killmonger a better villain than Thanos? I don't know what the Avengers changed, other than just like getting over depression. If we're being honest,
1: dang! Oh wow! Oh that! Oh that's gotta be a discussion for another day. But uh. <laughs> I mean, part of me wants to say yes, but that's because uh, I'm part of the culture. You know what I'm saying? We both part of the culture, right? We we both part of the Killmonger culture.
0: We part yeah. of the part of the part of the same family. Uh, yeah, that might be a discussion one day. But why I ask that one? I really love the show called The Villains, right? Which is a podcast on Spotify you can follow. But also with that, what you mentioned, how the hero's journey. I know people make fun of no Jutsu but Naruto and pain that entire storyline is so incredible because it changed Naruto's perspective on everything yes. because we saw how he was like yo I'm I'm a beach no he was like yo you took out Jiraiya I gotta take you out then he took out Hinata after she confessed her love right in front of him and then he was like oh I'm about to be nine tails demon mode and then his mom talked to him about love and just kind of just like from that perspective, he was like, Yo, put the hate on me. And it changed like everything. Like that, I think that was really good. And it that storyline carried into how he became friends with the nine tells Fox. And then it carried into the um the final fight with the great shinobi war. And then also just like Obito being redeemed in a sense. So I think that was a really good point where nagato slash pain he had a really good point it's just the methodology again failed mm-hmm. again that that pain
1: i mean that's why pain probably one of my favorite villains of all time that's why i put him up there with moderate it's like he he's the only villain to have made naruto speechless yeah he straight up says like oh you want to uh oh you want to want to have peace like like dry sensei all right how you gonna do that? He's like I'm gonna kill you and then bring peace to the shinobi West. It's like all right, how you gonna bring peace? Silence, nothing. Anything. Yeah. And then gives the best villain speech of all time with cycle of hatred. I, I I don't care what anybody says, y'all can come after me in the comments, but uh cycle <laughs> hatred, best speech. Don't at me. In fact, come at me. I I invite you in. He he definitely changed things.
0: So we're going from there we get into a matter of perspective and a very thin line on what makes a hero and what makes a villain. So recently I started not rewatching, but continuing a show called Primal, which is on adult swim and it kind of has the same animation style as Samurai Jack. I think it's the same creator and it's on HBO max right now, but it's essentially, it's a very simple plot, but it's a caveman and he befriends a T-Rex and It's animated so essentially it's like their story of survival that's it's literally that's what's it but in the recent season so they were looking for to save somebody and in that they had to essentially kill everybody in a village that was holding them as slaves and at the very end of the show they gave 10 minute at least like five to 10 minutes to just like a son and the war chief who were coming back with like new slaves of their own or whatever. And they didn't know what happened to the village. So there's like this red mist that covers the entire village. And as they walk, it goes by and they just see blood trails and just like dead bodies of all their villages. And then he sees his wife and then he also sees his youngest son who ended up dying. And you just see like the heartbreak from that. And they're supposed to be the villains, but from their perspective, you're like, yo, we were just minding our business we were gone for a while we came back and like somebody just destroyed my entire family like so that's what it's like the thin line where it's like oh i actually feel them and in the later episodes i really just love how they actually give the quote-unquote villains in each thing kind of like a few minutes just to be like how you can empathize with them
1: Mm, yeah Dang, man, that that sounds rough. I actually may need to watch that show, but uh, it's really good. I I almost did the freak out, geek out segment on that one. Dang, but uh, yeah, it's like what makes someone a villain because of the fact that, like, as I mentioned, the villain's the hero of their own story, and because of that, everybody is somebody's villain. Correct. And and it all boils down like, hey, what slighted? Like, what had you done to slight me? And like what uh it's like what have you done to like oppose me or like done something to like be against me? That's where it's like so like what like who's like some of my villains are may not necessarily be who like your villains can be. That's true. And like I'm just gonna go with like Transformers on this one. Uh you could have like somebody like it's like Megatron and Optimus, like of course they Yep. Like, they is. (laughs) Yes. That's that's all I can say. Like, they is. Like, Mm -hmm. that is just 100%. But then you can have it to where there's actually this comic called Shattered Glass, where the roles are literally reversed. All the Autobots are Decepticons, and all the Decepticons are Autobots. Mm -hmm. So you had, like, a good Megatron, but an evil Optimus. And you followed everything from... I forgot whose perspective. I think it was Megatron's perspective for Mm -hmm. the Shattered Glass series, but but yeah, like but yeah, so you can have like to where two characters can be like hero and villain, but then like if you look at it from like certain angles, it could be construed to where one it could be the reverse. So it's all like matter of perspective and I know like in stories, in storytelling, you're always following like one Typically, you follow, like, one specific character, like, one specific, like, through line. Right. So, like, you're always gonna, like, have that perspective, like, if this person is, like, actually a villain. Like, the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, good point. So, like, you're following Harry's journey, and you see... And, like, Snape is... Yes. ...just, like, you think he's a whole villain. Mm -hmm. In fact, in the books... Well, in the in the movies, he's like, because of Alan Rickman's and his expert portrayal, and also the fact he got, like, insider information on, like, what happens with his character later, hmm. You he played him to where, like, you see more shades of grey, but right. in the books, there was none. He was a monster. He was, like, a straight-up a bully and a, like, the harshest person. Like, you never want to go to Snape for help. Mm. And it was only like literally in his spoiler alert for uh for a very old franchise for in his dying moments, that's when you learn, like, okay, he had a much more redemptive quality. Mm-hmm. Which no. as I said, like in the book, he hit in the book, you did not know any of that until Harry finds out. Right. But in the movies, you kind of somewhat slow. Like, you start see, seeing, like, wait, there's there's something more to this character than you think.
0: Yeah. And then we find out that, like, Harry's dad was a scumbag, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. But even with that, now we get into just the tough part where it's, like, the world is more than black and white, and it is gray. But I think that sometimes saying everything is gray as a cop-out. I think with that, it's easy to excuse things that we would otherwise not excuse. Um, or also just with shifting morals. I know we got on Batman last week and then just also Spider-Man because of how he kept train Venom. But just with that, I think having that line is important and he sticks to it most of the time. So with that, I do think that just being like, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. It opens the door for villainy. But at the same time, when you paint things black and white, it creates more villains than there are necessary to be. So oh yes. All right. Let's go ahead
1: and get into this. Uh let's go ahead and talk about Batman real quick. Uh since we since you brought it up. Okay, <laughs> so when it comes to I was like honestly, I wanna make a disclaimer, I uh I know like his his no kill rule, like that is just something just I was like some people don't agree with and some people do agree with. My whole stance on it is like there is a death penalty for a reason. And then also, like, I don't mind if you do have a no-kill rule. Just don't try to forcefully impose it on others. <laughs> that, That's and that's all I've got to say about that. But <laughs> getting into the topic of everything gray is a cop-out. I think, like, yeah, it's like, it's like, as you mentioned, like, yeah, things, well, I'm doing, like, a marriage of both of, like, what we're saying is, like, I say, like, yeah, there is like a lot of great in the world, but then there's also like spots of good and spots of uh, bad. It's like yep. the the yin yang symbol mm-hmm. who can have Just that one. Yeah, it's like you can have good and evil. You can have evil and good. And in life, there's a in life. There's a balance of it all. Uh, and then there's somebody who's all and then there also can be spots where somebody's all good and then there's spots where somebody can be all evil that's just how life rolls but at but yeah so like at the but yeah what you're saying about how leaving it open to like hey okay everything's great everything's great is like leaving the door open for like everybody to start doing morally questioning, questionable things and why like that's maybe a cop out or whatnot take a look at the boys yep <laughs> I mean that show is just a hundred percent on a bash in and like what the where the line even is, right. especially this past season.
0: I think that Annie is the best chance as like trying to like get it as like okay, black and white, but even then she's like working with people. That's great. So then even you're like, okay, by association, how does that work? So
1: Yeah, and and but as you say, like at the end of the day, like she's probably the most morally good mm-hmm. with Huey kind of like right behind her.
0: Like you I'm not- corrupt it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, season three, I ain't gonna spoil it too much, but uh something happens with Huey. I mean, if you, well, if you've seen the episode, then cool, well, if <laughs> yeah. you haven't yet, then uh what is you doing? <laughs> um but yeah, so like Huey, of course, like starts leaning more towards the side of gray uh, definitely and oh wow i can't believe we've talked about uh about you know evil good and gray and we haven't mentioned star wars yet <laughs> i can't believe i haven't done this and i am i apologize to all my star wars fans out there uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry jamie i'm sorry i'm sorry uh but here we go <laughs> i'm rectifying that mistake right now Let's get into it, boys all right light side of the force dark side of the force typically good with light evil dark can be easy to be swayed to the dark harder to be to be in the light mm-hmm. and how most of the time and George Lucas has always stated that like there is technically no middle there is no like gray side of the force there is no like gray jedi mm-hmm. like there can be people who who may not be affiliated with the Jedi or the Sith, but still can use either side of the force. But there is specifically no gray side because of the fact of just how corruptive the dark side is. Like you have that taste and you do it. Unless you are Mace Windu, you gon' lean, you gonna get pushed to the dark side if you keep going. Yeah. Uh and that and he said like that's basically kind of like a metaphor for life. How like if you start excusing your evil actions saying like oh it's for the greater good (laughs) everybody loves to say for the greater good um the
0: greatest good you'll ever have
1: (laughs) but but yeah like as (laughs) I mean, as you're like excusing more and more of your evil actions eventually you're basically gonna It's like, what's stopping you from rolling and spiraling further until you actually are evil, but you're not noticing you are?
0: Right. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of what we talked about Star Wars, we touched on in our Obi-Wan episode. So, yeah, you definitely hit that. It's definitely like one of the biggest stories of good and evil that we can think of. And even like within that time period. So with that, we're going to crawl up from the rabbit hole that we just dug and we're going to get into our sponsor break for so, for
1: our today's sponsor, we have the My Villain Academia. If you wanted to learn how to use your abilities to be the best villain of all time, please come join this academia. There'll be torture, murder, uh putting people on t-shirts, stealing, killing, and everything in between. You get to learn how to take what you want and eventually you'll be able to graduate to the class of Black Air Force. So if you want to join the My Villain Academia, please do so immediately.
0: So now we're gonna get back into one of our favorite segments and then also another popular segment that we really have. So we're gonna get into Make Your Case. So for this one, when I initially thought of it, I was like, oh, it has to be one character. But then I thought about like the villains that you like when I was making the list. And then I was like, huh, we might actually get a chance to debate this. But let's get into it. Who is the most popular villain of all time?
1: Darth Vader. Easy. Yes,
0: we get to debate it now. I'm excited.
1: Oh, a word. All right. All right. Yes. Right, all right. OK, so most popular of all time, Darth Vader. Reason why he's top is because of the fact that, like, firstly, in, throughout the entire original trilogy, he only got 20-plus minutes of screen time. But within those 20-plus minutes, he's become so iconic. His, firstly, the breathing, instantly recognizable. Appearance, instantly recognizable. Red lightsaber, the one of the coolest colors of all time. And he got the voice of a goat. Mm-hmm. In the form of James Earl Jones, and in terms of like his villain motivation and his villain backstory, he is like he is hands down one of the greats. Uh, and 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 if I know you, I think I know exactly which villain <laughs> you' about to say. And I got and all I have to say is that's a fantastic choice too. At this point, they both neck and neck. And it's literally only a matter of like what you flip what what I feel on a given day. But uh but yes, so he's powerful, the force with the force, and he's terrifying. Like uh-huh. as like as shown in Rogue One, in the Kenobi show, like to a regular person, if you run across this man machine demon, you ain't making it out. And that is why I say that Vader is one of the most popular.
0: Okay. So that's the person I knew you were going to pick when I was thinking about it. I, I was like, okay, I have the person I know. And then I thought about you and I was like, I know he's going to pick. He might pick Vader. And then you did pick Vader. So tell me, the person tell I'm tell thinking me I'm about is the joker
1: i know it i know you were gonna pick joker that's why that's why i prefaced it i was like he he a fantastic choice too like i I, you don't even have to explain it but you can explain it for the audience uh but 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 go
0: ahead see this is why i love doing the podcast with you because we already know but you talk about amazing voices so the joker is voiced by Mark Hamill in the original Batman series, which is credited as one of the greatest animated series of all time. So I'm your up daddy. There. <laughs> so up, there with, uh, up there with the X-Men 97. Also, the sheer number of recent live action Jokers. So two people that have played the Joker have won Oscars. That's kind of like, it just shows the popularity, but also the commitment to it that a person wears I mean, obviously Darth Vader isn't going to get an Oscar because it's not really much acting within that but the joker the portrayals of it have been really interesting how we talked about dc fumbling the bag i think if jared leto actually got what he was supposed to do he would have had a he would have been a good joker as well um and just going with that even just like he has no powers whatsoever like he but apparently he's a scientist because he comes up with like the laughing gas that is with people he always has like ingenious schemes where it's like I know the killing joke is very controversial, but the killing joke and what he did to Barbara Gordon, how he set up commissioner Gordon, even putting Batman in that position. Um, just the white mm-hmm. knight story that gets told. We see even dark knight metal and the Batman who laughs, how we see like the stories of Joker getting infused with that. I do think there's a bit of a Joker overload in a sense, but at the same time, it's because of his popularity. And then even in the Arkham games, which is like, in my opinion, they, brought back superhero video games mm. he's such a great villain throughout that trilogy trilogy yeah and then even to top off just like his villainy injustice alone doesn't start without the joker so yeah. the joker with his plan again not having any abilities turns superman evil and takes over the world so like just that's how ingenious he is and how dangerous he is so you see how powerful joker and his popularity rises from that Yep. Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. I 100% agree with everything you said, but uh, uh, yeah, that's why I said, like, Joker and Vader. Yeah, yeah, you yeah can't. There's... They are just this two neck and neck for this. That's, 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 it's a hard debate. Very tough one, but uh, now let's get into number two. The greatest villain leader. Who you well, got?
0: I'm definitely not choosing the leader from the Hulk, but... <laughs> This was this was tough. The, the, these next two were tough, but I'm going to go with Magneto, um, mm. leading the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, yeah, initially I was going to go with someone. I was initially going to off Doctor Doom, but I don't view him as a leader of team more as a conqueror from that perspective. So Magneto is able, like again thin line. He is has a philosophical difference. With Mm -hmm. Professor X about hey, people, us normies, hate mutants. Mutants need to band together and stay strong with that in order to overcome that. So he leads like so many mutants that are all, again, it's easy because Professor X, he has a school. So he can raise them up. He can put a storm, a cyclops, uh, Gene Gray as teachers and have them as buffers. And then also because he recruited them, you know, even not redeeming Wolverine, but just like being a figure in Wolverine's life that can like keep him in check. That's, I think, much easier than say a Magneto who's in charge of a bunch of evil people uh, keeping them in check and being like, hey, don't do this or I'm gonna check you. And then if people don't have metal abilities or like within their body, like how he always bodies Wolverine, he still keeps them in check, which is really crazy. So I gotta go with him as the best leader of all time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like Magneto's definitely one, the goat.
1: Definitely one of the goated ones. Uh for me actually, see, like I chose Sosuke Eisen
0: mm, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at
1: it. So this man is a is a master planner, fam. And and yes, I did choose Master Planner purposely because I did not pick Doctor Octopus for this because, like, I like Doc Ock. He is a terrible leader because all of his teams end up coming apart. Yeah. But Sosuke Skate Eisen, he, like, he ruled his team just off his his sheer power, and yeah, just off sheer power alone, just inspired his whole team. Just like, boom, all in line there were very like little it's like nobody actually wanted to like outwardly try to kill him cuz they knew he he would murk them right. the only time they tried was two times either they were about to die in the case of a spider number 2 or eisen went after them first which was ted hottiebell uh, a spider number 30 mm-hmm. now everybody else like they were either they were afraid of Aizen or loyal to Aizen. In terms of loyalty, nobody is bigger than Ukiora. Ukiora is he? I mean, Ukiora the goat loyal also to we're in the forces. Yep, he 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 got his forces on, but loyal to the man to the very end. In fact, uh, in fact, Tosin was also very loyal to. Him. In fact, the only member of his team who wasn't loyal was uh was Geen. Ichim was Geen mm-hmm. because of the fact he was planning to kill him from the start. But again, that was that he was the only one. And right. he waited for his opportunity. Everybody else loyal to the end. Master planner, his his plans worked. Yep. He got immortality. He is literally a god at this point and he can't die so the only thing you did, and he also got his wish of wanting wanting to see ichigo Kurosaki's like growth to be a worthy fighter for him and he got it that's that's why i say aizen's the best leader
0: god you know i love bleach that's a good one i i, I can't really dispute it from there but Moving on, now we get into our greatest villain team of all time. Boy,
1: you know this was the hardest one.
0: It was difficult. This was
1: the hardest one for your boy. I I spent so much time trying to figure out which one could it be. I I have to go with the cop out answer. I have to go with the Akatsuki. Mm. I I have to. Okay. Cuz firstly, them robes. So Sick. so iconic that people are cosplaying it to this day. Yeah. Secondly, all the members are memorable. Well, okay, all except like two of them are the paper, memorable.
0: The paper one is kind of All but two people are <laughs> memorable. Everybody else has
1: like personality, charisma, style. They have something they they all swaggy uh you're not gonna we we're not gonna talk about pain, I right? <laughs> and just and just how much of how much he is, mm-hmm. uh and then in terms of their motivations and their plans, like well, even though most of them all died, the plan still got got fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Even yet yeah, the original plan, which was infinite Tsukiyomi, it got fulfilled at the very end. <laughs> Sure, most of the members were not alive to see it, but they all saw it, but it it happened anyways. And when you think of a villain team, especially an anime villain team, the first thing you're going to think of in your mind is that black
0: cloak and the red clouds. I almost wore that shirt. The only reason I was going to initially pick them, and the only reason I didn't is because. Yes, their plan succeeded, mm-hmm. but technically M- Madara co-opted it. And this was after Pain slash Nagato kind of was like, oh, I don't want to go down the path anymore. And then also the other members of the Akatsuki got bodied by non-Naruto members, I guess. To well, play. it was
1: Naruto and Sasuke were primarily the ones to merc like most of them
0: yes yes i know but i know like um even with the puppet oh man i'm trying to think of his name
1: Sasori got taken out by well chiyon sakura yeah sakura and he got taken out by shikamaru
0: which which counts (laughs) and that's it yeah yeah i would say oh no kisame he got oh. like guy is a goat so yeah i was like do not do not put put
1: kefka guy is a goat right?
0: so but for that reason because they they essentially fell apart towards the end of their goal so i'm going with the sinister 6 mm. and like what you said doctor octopus is not the greatest leader but the sinister 6 is one of the most iconic teams of all time and with that um we can just even get into how there were only five villains in the no way home and we all were like oh sinister six sinister six sinister six we were just waiting for like another member so we could just like officially say that but the sinister six gets us giddy in a way that a lot of other villain groups can't i know their goal kind of ranges in different ones but like even in marvel spider-man the ps5 game incredible like that utilization of the Sinister Six, so I, I have to go with the Sinister Six, but the Akatsuki is definitely, would have been mine if they didn't fall apart. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I see that, I see that.
0: So Again, reason, that was the roughest
1: one, that was the roughest one. Yes,
0: so the reason we did just like our villain teams is because next week we had to send out the bat signal um, and recruit some friends, so we're going to have An anime villain draft, so we're going to put the rules out after this episode before the the draft actually goes up. We're all going to draft five members of our team from anime villains and then also an extra wild card. So I'm excited to see who will pick. It's going to be a really fun episode. Oh man, I can already tell now that it's about to go nuts. It's about to be out of pocket. But going from there, now that we're already in our villain bag, we're about to start stomping it's about time to get them forces on.
1: Ah, <sighs> yes, yes, yes. And for today's Black Air Force segment, this man needs no introduction. This villain has the forces already. He just don't know it. Or he does know it and he just don't care. Or maybe one of his three variations got it. And if you couldn't guess by that name, by that little statement alone, it's none other then Arthur Fleck. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's the Joker, baby.
0: Let's
1: go. It we we like what what else is there to say about that monstrosity? That clown? The man who inspires fear in everybody. Some a man who needs no introduction. Like he he a menace so much so that there are three of them. There's a whole story called Three Jokers. There are three of them. Like he is three people and now there's, but now there's one, but uh, still, Joker is a monstrosity as, and as Demetrius mentioned earlier, the Injustice universe started all because Joker, he felt like it. Everything he does is because he felt like it. That is that is the most Black Air Force personified things you can ever do and say. You got uh oh yeah the time he crippled Batgirl and other things in the Killing Joke, which we're not going to imply. Uh, we not gonna forget how he put Jason Todd on a T-shirt six feet deep under. He dead. Joker's out here, fam. You can't forget the fact that he would be the reason why the Batman who laughs is out here with his black forces. And yes, he gon- I'm putting them both on the same list, cause they both getting added. Cause they both essentially the same. Except one's arguably worse. <laughs> and I'ma let y'all decide on which one's worse. But, but yes, the Joker is just out here, he a monster, he a demon, uh, there's- He is so much of a monster that, like, I can imagine that Gotham City has a ban on anything clown related. No circuses, no, like, candy stores, no, uh, no anything clown happy or, or, like, Abusement, like, related at all because, you know, like, once those things are in Gotham, then you know Joker gonna be there. no, let's not even not even do that. Let's talk about the time he gaslit Harley Quinn so hard She became a villain. He gaslit her so hard. She became a villain But in my opinion one of the most black Air Force personified things he ever done It's something that that made me go like oh, yeah, nah, he he, different this man had his own face cut off Death of the family he cut his he had Dominic cut his own face off, said, you know what, I'ma disappear for a year without my face. One year later, I'ma get my face back from GCPD and staple it on his face, staple his rotting face back on his face, on his head, and decide to put all of the Bat Family on his list. Nobody was safe. Damien wasn't safe. Batgirl who had just recovered to be able to walk again. Oh, nah, you gonna need to get uh these hands again. Red Hood, still not over his trauma. Nightwing getting put on a t-shirt. Alfred almost got put on a t-shirt and we all thought he died that day. It was crazy, Bat, there's a reason that he, Batman. Oh yeah, Batman cannot kill this man because again if he did batman who laughs will exist and you know what joker come come get your not not your black air force ones here's your uh here's your black air force ha ha mm. because yes. your laugh is just legendary
0: yes joke's on you i know he got the purple and green streaks on that as well I forgot about the part where he had his face cut off until you mentioned it. and then he stapled it back on. That's wild. So yes, pop, most popular villain of all time, like I said. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader,
1: but Darth Vader got on the, the Black Air Force activity first, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, so going from there, we're gonna get into our plugs. I'm gonna save it so Meach can be good with his voice. So for our podcast, you can check out our Instagram and Twitter. At Blurred City 22, B L E R D C I T Y 22. You can check out our Patreon, which we're going to have a whole bunch of episodes up once we go on to our hiatus. That will be the Blurred City pod. You can also check out our Discord, Michi Meech presents Blurred City. And then we're having our Q bonus episode QA. So keep sending in your questions. And that'll be blurredcity22 at gmail.com. For my individual author pages, we have my Instagram, Mitri underscore dash, then Twitter at the mad dash 16. And then for my book, The Phantom Pains and Most Irregular Tell, you can check that out on Amazon. So what do you have for recommendations?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So for a recommendations that we have today include uh, watching all of Naruto for the Akatsuki, You can find that on any on Crunchyroll or any of your anime platforms. You can also yes in Hulu. Uh in terms of you know different comic books that we referenced, uh for the Joker, you read, you know, the killing, Batman the Killing Joke, Batman Death in Death in the Family, a Death of the Family, and three Jokers. Uh you can also watch the Batman the anime series on HBO Max, however long that's gonna still be up there. But uh Bumble. But uh but yes, so watch that. Uh you can watch many different horror movies actually on this app called Shudder. Uh all the horror movie villains I mentioned, you know, like Jason, Freddie, Michael, all the horror villains, they can be found on the Shudders app. So please uh go check those out.
0: Yep. And just for things that I've already mentioned, so with Primal, again, that is on HBO Max, or if you just want to go to adultswim.com and look it up, it's, yeah, or just go on Cartoon Network and wait for Late Night Adult Swim. Then we have Demon Slayer, which is on Hulu slash Crunchyroll. And then for any Marvel villain we referenced or even uh, Darth Vader, you can go to Disney+. Plus. Um, So with that, we're going to leave you with some words of encouragement as usual. And yes, so my words of
1: encouragement is that when you are when you are dealing with like very, I guess, obstinate people in your life, like people who are against you and people who are, you know, fighting who are like pretty much just don't like you or anything like that. Just take it as like, hey, you're doing you must be doing something Uh something right if somebody's actually willing to go against you on it and and like hey this may be like their villain origin story but that doesn't mean you have to be a villain
0: no and for me i would say aim to listen before acting you're not automatically the good guy just because you're born in a certain place or of certain statuses sometimes you're a villain to someone else just because you exist but with that just really aim to listen choose to do good and choose you can choose to be a hero in their life or choose to stop them from being a villain in a sense but choose togetherness so with that we're just going to leave you with it's not goodbye forever it's just goodbye for now and that's the blur city pot see you later